Hey, uh, welcome to episode number 31 of Red River Podcast. Uh, today, super excited. It's yes. not not many uh, times that we get to, I mean, yeah, we do get to talk to a lot of cool shit, you know, a lot of cool people, right. but it's the first time that we actually get to talk to someone who made a movie that we just seen and we fucking love. Absolutely. So, uh, me and Langan are here. We're doing this shit via Skype. I don't think it's going to matter once you listen to it, but um, welcome Damien Leone, or is it Leone? Leone. Okay, cool, cool. There's a lot of, everybody's pronouncing it Leone, which, uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> as, long, as long as they're pronouncing it, because yeah. like, you, all right, so, so you made a movie called All Hallows Eve, which uh, I saw, which was like a, an anthology that was like 2013, and what stuck out to me was really the cover. You know, the cover had a clown on it. And I was like, man, that clown's looking kind of... There was something about that clown that was kind of like unsettling. And I never watched it. Very much like I I don't... I've seen so many horror movies at my age. And like it's more just like I watch it, enjoy it and stuff. But I don't get creeped out by anything. I got to tell you, I was a little bit creeped out, this clown. For Terrifier. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I'm going back to All Hallows Eve. So basically, like I, I'm seeing the cover, and I always flip through it, and I, I didn't really know what it was. And then fast forward to like 2017, we get a trailer for Terrifier. So I'm like Terrifier. I'm like, okay, that looks like the same clown that, that was on the cover of this movie. And I hit play on the trailer, and it looked like a movie that was like specifically made for me. Yeah. I'm like, this looks kind of like. It had, you know, I hate to say grindhouse, you know, because it's so cliche to say, but it just had that vibe. It had that, like, um, just like the, the, I don't know if it's the, the right word, cinematography or whatever, like the film that you use. or sure. like the Yeah, uh, the lighting we used was pretty specific to a time period, yeah. I would say. Um, Even the opening where it puts Terrifier across the screen, that shot right there felt very retro to me in the way I love, you know. Well, he, let me put let me put it to you this way, and I'll shut the fuck up and let you talk. Um, so, are you are you a rock guy, or do you like metal? Do you like hip hop? What, what's your thing? Everything. Everything. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I have a diverse uh, yeah, taste in music. So for me, I, if you're a New York guy, which I assume you are, um, yeah. like listening to something like Joey Badass or like Pro Era or Action Bronson that have that boom bap. Or listening to Toxic Holocaust, which is a thrash metal band. Like, you hear certain things that make you stop and think to yourself, like, this is speaking to me. This is what I remember to be a horror movie. Like, you made a slasher movie. You made a real fucking slasher movie that, I, it's, so far, it's the best horror movie I've seen, not only this year, but in a very long time. Wow, thank you, man. I appreciate that. That's cool. um, so, if you could just tell us, like, like how did you start making movies um like how'd, how'd you get into it yeah man even i lose track of where how it started you know but i mean i tell i say this all the time but i was my mother named me after the omen you know for real uh <clears throat> she would go into video stores when when it came out when, you know, when i was you know when she was pregnant with me and she would try and find the cover, and it had to be spelled the way it was spelled in the movie because she just she loved that name and she loved horror movies. So ever since I was you know 
two going and going on three you know she would show me horror movies she didn't care she was like the coolest mother in the world is the coolest mother in the world took me to see the lost boys in the in the movie theaters you know when i was three years old i remember that so specifically you know and it was just mind-blowing and what does she th- what does she think of, of what you do now i mean that's got to be like she she must be that's pat- an interest that's funny actually because <clears throat> she must be uh, patting herself on the back <laughs> yeah right She's very cool, very proud of me, everything I do, you know, very, she was always very supportive. And um, I think the night the movie Terrify was on video on demand, she rented it in her apartment and then she called me at like 11 o'clock at night and she's just like complimenting me and as always, she's very proud, you know, oh, it was great, I loved it, you know, all this stuff. And then for the first time ever, she gets quiet and then she's like, you know, Dame, but uh, like I was watching this movie. She's like, and there's a couple of scenes. She's like, I, I wondered for the first time, like, is there something wrong with my son? <laughs> and she, you know, there was like a, a tone in her voice that I'd never heard before. You know, she was like kind of like half serious. And I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, you showed me all these movies. I'm like, you, you know, you know, it's just me making like creepy shit, you know. But uh, but yeah, she was very proud. You know, she thought it was cool. But but I realized that was like the only rational, you know, response she should have had to watching that movie. <laughs> I learned it from watching. Watching you, thanks, mom. Yeah, right. Like for me, a funny story about about Damien. Um, well, with the name Damien, I was a huge fan of the Second Omen. That's the one I remember. I don't remember the first, but I'm like 40 years old, so I remember like the the, the second one is the one that I remember. And I always hated that my name was Sam and it wasn't Damien. Like I wanted my name to be Damien because I wanted to be Damien Thorne, like completely. Uh, uh, but. Anyway, so all right, so you come from definitely like a horror background, like your mom right. helped you out and all that. So, so horror background started. So then I just became I was just fascinated with horror movies, and then I eventually, uh, maybe around the age of twelve, I started seriously getting into uh, Tom Savini because I, I I grew up watching his uh, VHS tape Screen Greats. I don't know. I mean, the we're master. at the same. Yeah, we're, we're all around the same age. So if you probably remember the VHS for Friday the 13th Part 6, one of the previews was for Scream Greats. So I grew up watching Friday the 13th Part 6, and then I would see Scream Greats. And then you know, when I went to the mom and pop video store that I lived in, you know, they had Scream Greats. So <clears throat> I'd watch that all the time. But I didn't, I didn't, you know, watching that probably when I was like eight, you know, I wasn't really interested in actually learning special effects, but I was fascinated by it. But then by the time I was around 12... I actually was like, you know, I want to start playing around with that stuff. So um, I was, my mother took me to a horror convention when I was around that age, and I bought my first makeup kit. I bought somebody was selling real machetes that were um, dulled, and they had the Tom Savini semicircle cut out. And I was like, oh my god, you know, I was like being my Toys R Us, you know. So I was like, I bought that. I bought my first bottle of fake blood, my first starter makeup kit, and then I went home, and I was just like experimenting on all my friends and using a machete and a neighbor had a camcorder so we were filming all that and then that's how it gradually I I got into filmmaking because my very close friend's father would lend us his camcorder and it started with us um, filming the effects that I was learning you know and then we started making little stories and then I really got into filmmaking and that's really how it took off I gotta tell you Savini is like he's like patient zero when it comes to Like when you think of everything he's done, and obviously there's there's other people, but there's something about him. Like for me, like when I saw Maniac, and mm. the head explosion with the shotgun. That's yeah. epic. One it of just, the best. It just epic. like it fucking like 
like literally blew my like <laughs> he got on my radar just because every film that i was seeing in horror that i loved i'm like there was this common thread and it's always this tom savini guy i'm like god i gotta know more about this guy every film i love he's doing the kills and and it was horrifying like there's certain things that i remember as a kid um that were that, that affected me and i was like a mom and pop shop like i would go in the bigger the box the better yeah. i would pick it up and i'd be like oh gorgon video like this looks cool like microwave massacre <laughs> so <laughs> um so that fucking head smack that head being blown off and also <clears throat> toxic avenger like that head being ran over like those were the two that really like i would laugh but in my head i'm thinking like that's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Toxic I, Avenger one, especially because it was a kid. I yeah, mean, that's another yeah. one of my favorites. You know, I, the box in my video store was so like deteriorated and like uh, you could tell like sun was beating on it. It was all faded out. Like you know, like how much do those boxes uh, stick out in your memory seeing them for the first time? Oh yeah. You know, like it, you can't compare it to any, it's it's amazing. You can't compare it, and, and in a way, like I like. You know, technology is just what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I play music, so it's the same thing. You know, like, it, we like looking at records just like we look looking at boxes. But, you know, I guess, like, it just evolves into, like, some, you know, Netflix or Amazon now. It's like, and you, you flip yeah. through it. And I guess that's just the way it is. But, like, yeah, they, like, to pick up a box, to spin it around, and, you know. I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. Sure. I'm sure you can get your movie to a zillion more people today than you could have if, if maybe you did it 20 years ago absolutely do you think yeah. so right absolutely yeah i mean unless your movie's going into every blockbuster you know at the time and they have you know a hundred copies in every blockbuster but it's i mean it's, it's the same thing i mean digitally you're going to reach way more people though at the end of the day yeah way more um and and move, moving before we move forward um what is your favorite friday the 13th movie Honestly, it's a tie between, you know what, I, I say it's a tie between six and four, but if I had shoes, I would go with six, honestly, even though Savini effects was one of the effects guys in Pop War. But yeah, I got to go with six. It's just like a total package. It's the most fun. And I think, you know, Jason's badass in it. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff about six. And another thing, Tom Matthews, who's in the movie from the poster behind you, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's the man. And I every so. every year if you ask me it changes like what's the best horror movie of all time. One year I'm going to say Halloween 78, the other year I'm going to say Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. The I gave up. I gave up. I have like I have like 10 favorites that are just on like or you know like a merry-go-round in my head. It's like you can't you can't possibly pick a favorite. You know, it's apples and oranges. It's impossible. It's it's like picking if you can then you don't really love movies. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. You know, because yep. you, you, even if you make that top 10 list like you do on Facebook, you're like, oh, I totally forgot 30 other movies. Or yeah. I can't do those things. It's too yeah. much pressure. Too much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, going back to All Hallows Eve, all right? Um, so Arthur Clown, who was like this, he was like totally the revolving character um, uh, of the movie, but it was like an anthology. And I love the fact that, it, of course, it takes place on Halloween. That already is awesome. Uh, the fact that there's VHS tapes, that's even cooler. So, like, did, did you know after you made the movie that you wanted to do something with him? Oh, always, before I made that movie, because that movie wasn't my idea. Um, I made the, short, the first two short films, The Ninth Circle, which is the first segment in All Hallows' Eve, uh, 
and Terrifier, which is the last segment in All Hallows Eve. So I just made those as short films from, I think, 2006 to 2010 or 11. And I just threw them on YouTube and was just hoping for the best. You know, I put them into some film festivals. Um, they were in some and they got some accolades and stuff, but nothing huge. But then um, <clears throat> Terrifier started getting a lot of hits at the time, especially for something that was like 20 minutes long. You know, I, th I think it had like the original upload of Terrifier. The short had like 100,000 views on it. And, um, you know, from no word of mouth, you know, it was just all word of mouth, basically. But like nothing, you know, hyping it or anything like that. It was just people saying, oh, this is cool and just passing it along. So that was and um, so the producer of All Hallows Eve found it and then he contacted me personally and he said, he said, you know, I'm making this um, this horror anthology. He's like, I'm trying to find different filmmakers on YouTube. And it's like, and we want to have, you know, we want to have Halloween themed short films and we want to, you know, comprise, you know, this, this short film. And then he's like, but your clown is fantastic. He's like, I'd, I'd love for the clown to be like the face of the movie. You know, that would be like the main short. And then I talked him into just like, well, can, you know, he didn't know about Ninth Circle. I was like, you know, I have this other short film that he's in. I was like, and then maybe you can, you know, can you throw me a couple extra bucks and we can make like, you know, another short and wrap around and, you know, we don't have to find other filmmakers, you know, it'll just be my thing. So he was like totally cool with that, which was awesome. And, uh, and so we went and made it and yeah, I mean, I'm happy with some of it. I'm, I can't even watch a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, you know, what's unique about that movie and then we'll like move on. Cause I know you probably don't want to talk about all. Of it. <laughs> so, whatever you want. Cool. Whatever cool. What to me, like there was a home invasion with a fucking alien. You know Ugh. what I'm saying? Like that. <laughs> But still, like, you know what? Like, how many movies can say that? Like, yeah. it's just, it's so, you know, first yeah. of all, my favorite subgenre is slasher. And mm -hmm. then next to that is home invasion. Because, okay. to, because to me, they feel so real. Like, they could happen. Sure. Um, until you throw the alien in, then I do. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, it, it was just such a unique thing. And what I loved about the, the wraparound is that when you're a jaded old school horror fan and, and you just I feel like I have the best intentions like when I go to a movie and watch and I'm like oh maybe this this is going to be the one or this is going to be something that you know like hits you like it like inside or like martyrs or something like that what I really liked about it was you made the clown almost like interact with reality you know mm -hmm. like you 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 wanted art to come f out of the movie and like you're in your safe home watching this movie and you know you're thinking like okay this is just like an anthology but the wraparound was so effective because when art starts going to the TV and trying to break out of the TV it's almost like you can't stop him and that yeah. to me really hit me like wow that's whether intentional or, or, or unintentional it really worked for me because it's you're trying to turn off a movie that is fake and it's trying to jump in your reality like perfect so good yeah thank you man i mean um i think what kind of worked with all Hallows Eve, like you just said with the wraparound story was most anthologies the wraparound story is kind of like an afterthought or you never you know you know what i mean it's just like it just pops up in the beginning maybe like a creep back. show exactly but uh which is the best anthology i think totally. ever yeah i mean you can't yeah can't top it. it's impossible yeah. but um but I think for All Hallows Eve, like I tried to make it where the you know the wraparound was the movie, especially like where I in some some I believe in some sequences I actually.
cut back to them watching the tape, like while it was going on. So you felt like that was the movie, and this was uh, like they really were just watching these stories instead of like just forgetting about these characters and then you know coming back at the end. So I, I think you connected with the babysitter, you know. But um, again, like that was the opportunity I had at the time to make All Hallows Eve. It wasn't something I sat down and wrote, and I was like, I want to make this. You know, it's like I had a I had to create that movie within the parameters of what was presented to me. So you know, I didn't want to do a VHS tape some people like it you know i was i was so against it i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was ridiculous and i told that i told the um the producer i'm like i'm like dude that is so the ring i'm like yeah, people are gonna just tear us apart for ripping off the ring because his idea was i think uh yeah no for a fact vhs the movie vhs had just come out so most distributors or production companies like they just want to you know they just want to jump on whatever's hot at the time so that was the uh, that that was the hot anthology at the time. So it was just trying to just bite off of VHS. So he's like, no, let's just put a VHS tape in there. And I'm like, oh god, well if we gotta do it. But I, I did come up with the you know it appearing in the kid's bag and uh, you know not knowing where it came from and, the t- and it being on there or whatever. But whatever. I mean, like you know, it was what it you know. And I, I had to just you know work with what I had. And some things work. I was just happy that it reached a nice amount of people and, you know, Art the Clown got out there a little more that way. And I, he's always pretty solid. So whatever he's in kind of works, you know. It just, be, like, he, like, uh, just the makeup, I don't know what the fuck it is, because for the most part, like, I can't think of many clown movies. There was It. Besides It. Uh, Stitches. That was good. Stitches was great. Did you watch Stitches? I haven't seen it, No. It's Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the other one was Clown, Eli Roth's Clown. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one yet. So, I've seen Clown House. Ah, yes, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Shut- that's, that's, yeah, since I was very little, but I, I I always thought that was creepy. I thought those three clowns were creepy because they were, they were silent and very clown-like and everything, so I thought that was cool. Because, like, you know what, what I, I guess the face works? It does it, for me like the the black around the mouth and the eyes and that hook on the nose. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. And I think too, I I like that it's just black and white. There's no it, any kind of brightish color in it. It's just you know, kind of bleak to me. You know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to having some red or some other other right. thing in there. But and just what he can do without having dialogue is is amazing. I mean, well, really yeah, great performance. The, the different. Like, cause the, the the guy who played him in the in the short is different. Like, so David Howard Thornton, right? Correct. Yeah, that's the guy who plays him in Terrifier. Yeah, he, he fucking added something brilliant. I don't know what it is. He moved. He moved like a mime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I, you know, it's funny because when you think of like, like the slasher movies, like Jason, who doesn't talk, or Michael Myers. You know, some come out better than others. Um, you know, you know, I'm not knocking the guy who did the first one. I'm sure he did. You know, like he did a great job. But there was something that David did that really fucking sold it. Like his movements, his completely awesome. So we'll get to Terrifier now. Uh, just real quick, like I live in West Babylon. You guys shot in Deer Park. Um, for for just the pizzeria. Yeah, for the pizzeria. Yeah, yeah. How yeah, the yeah. fuck did that come about? Yeah, that was one of our executive producers. Um, he's friends with the people who own it, 
So we needed some we needed some kind of restaurant or diner, and uh, couldn't find a place till the last minute. And he he came up with that. It worked great. People there were amazing. Yeah. So so basically, the the movie. You know, I'm not. This isn't going to be like a spoiler episode because it's fresh and. I, I think I, at this point we could talk about spoilers, right? I mean, why not? I, I, you know. Uh, I don't. I don't want to give too much, you know, because I've been pushing the movie as as much as possible. And let me tell you, like, you should know, like, the movie is getting like really cool response. Like, it's like people are really connecting to it that want something kind of unapologetic, vicious, and just like a throwback. Like, just no backstory, no nothing. It's like here is a slasher movie that that is just brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, are you getting that from like the viewings? Let me ask you this because I, I kind of gauge it personally just through through my Instagram and people who contact me personally and stuff like that. And I see a lot of great – tons of great comments, like tons of great art has been coming out recently, like lots of fan art, which is like so amazing. But like I see a lot of things where they're saying like, oh, this is, this is like the talk of the horror community and stuff like that. Like I, I don't know how genuine that is. Like I'm, I'm kind of disconnected uh, to a degree. So, I mean, I mean, like, what do you guys think? Uh, I'm actually, I'm curious, like how much of a, like how big is the, the hype or the buzz surrounding this movie, like within the horror community? I mean, like the horror nerd discussion group. Yeah. I started a Facebook group called horror nerd discussion and everyone's like, that's the picture that I sent you uh via email. Um, and like all my friends, there's only one that was like, oh, it was okay. But like nine out of 10, you know, and I, and and I shit, I shit on him. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) cause he was like, I don't know. It was just like hyped and like, you know, it wasn't even scary. I was like, yo, we're like 40 years old. Like (laughs) there's always one of those guys. Aside from like unemployment and cancer, like what the fuck (laughs) is scary? Like are you out of your mind? Like you fucking watch, watch a movie. Yeah. And he's like, The Shining is scary. I was like, yeah, The Shining was scary because you watched it as a kid. Right. So when you put it back on, it just rejuices up that feeling of being a kid. Like when I watch the original Halloween, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I attach those feelings that I had as a kid. Right. You know, if I watched Halloween today at 40 years old, I'd be like, oh, this is all right. Yeah, no. It's not going to scare Yeah, but those those are legitimately two of the greatest horror movies ever made. Uh, yeah. Talking about Stanley Kubrick and John. <laughs> yeah. Overall, so, though, the, the response is way good. But, yeah, know. the response from like our friends, like you know, uh, I, they've all been positive. Yeah. Like people, you know, it's an indie flick, and I, yeah, I think the poster really kind of is just so gruesome that you're kind of like, what the fuck is this? You know, like my girlfriend watched it and she's not really into something that's so, I don't want to say over the top, but like she's, you know, like, uh, like, like the upside down song, (laughs) like, you know, that's not something that she's going to basically be into, but she just told her mom and her sister that live in Arizona to watch it. Wow. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, her mom, her mom is like your mom. She used to bring her to horror movies. Like I said, you, you made a, a really unapologetic movie. Like, I put it on late at night, all right? So I, I rented I rented it from, like, Voodoo. And I was like, okay. I didn't really know what to expect. And I'm watching it, and uh, the beginning, you know, from the beginning made me feel uncomfortable, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, wow. So I, I think the dis- disfigured face intro 
was, mm-hmm. you know, very, it looked real. It looked like that lady whose face got eaten by the gorilla. That's what <laughs> yeah, it's based that's right. That's what it's based on. Yeah, 100%. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah so yeah. whoever did that. <laughs> now, did you, you were mentioning uh, the effects when you were younger and the special effects and that you were interested in Tom Savini. Did you do the effects on this film, on Terrifying? Yeah, I did all of them. You yeah, did well, everything. Yeah. Wow. I mean, my, uh, my producer, Phil, uh, Phil Falcone, he um, he assisted me the whole way with mm-hmm. everything, but I mean, yeah, I'm the I'm the effects guy. Wow, is so, that uh, yeah, that's really well done, man. Yeah, right. I, definitely. Right. And and in in a land of like um, CGI, you know, like we're like people like us are just so used to practical effects, you know. Uh, there's no. It's like one of those things where like I'm not I'm not a person who hates CGI at all. Like there's. There's times when CGI is absolutely the answer, but there's other times where it's just it's just not. And they just I, I don't know if it's I think a lot of times they use it out of either convenience because they don't have to spend the time on set doing it. You know, they just like we'll just do it, do it later. Let's just get through the day, you know, and film all of our shit. But I, I don't know. Like then there's things like where not to knock. I mean, The Walking Dead, but like when you see those like head hit, uh, bullet hits to the head and you just see cartoon blood spray out. Maybe other people it just works, but someone like me, it takes me instantly right out of the the moment. I'm just like, all right, that's a cartoon. You know what I mean? Even though I'm suspending my disbelief and, you know, believing that they're zombies, you know, like I'm already past that point. But like you're setting up this real world and then you see just cartoon blood flying around. It just takes, you know, takes me out of it. I thought personally, I mean, I don't know because I don't make movies and I'm not, you know, but I just thought it was like one of those things where it's like, I guess the business changed. You know, just like anything from like porn to fucking music, like you, you people just pirate stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I just figured that there wasn't enough money or like there is enough money. But if you can cut corners on practical shit, you know, you just use CGI because it seems like movies are going to start bypassing theaters and just go straight to like Netflix or Amazon, like except like Marvel movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just the one percent. Right now, you know, Hollywood just making the, the theatrical movies. So, yeah, you have all your franchises and that's it. So it's, it's going to be very interesting. But, um, but I, you know what? I really don't think it comes down to, to, to budget with CGI. Like I, supposedly from what I know, it's CGI actually costs more. Oh, yeah. what do I, I know? that too, but like, it didn't make sense <laughs> yeah. to me. But I don't know. It shit. Costs more. No, I mean, I don't, this is what I hear. But supposedly it costs more. And they just don't like wasting time on set. You know, like they just want to, you know what I mean? If they could just do it all afterwards where everything's done and off their shoulders and then they just let the visual effects guys worry about it. But not only that, I, I think it's like, you know, uh, like studio execs and whoever's in charge, especially huge movies. Like I'm going to give you a perfect example. Like the new Beauty and the Beast movie. Believe it or not, I would watch a movie like that. I, I watch all, all types of movies. I but think, that think you movie, have to, to, clean, yeah. to cleanse the palate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that. So the Beast in that was originally this beautiful makeup, like this animatronic. No, it wasn't even animatronic. It was just makeup on the actor. And it was phenomenal. Like they, there's some test footage that you can find. It's, it's flawless. It looks exactly like the you know, the design in the movie, except it's an actor, it's physically, it's really there, it's, it's gorgeous. But for whatever reason, you know, I think it's because they have all the money and they know that CGI is at the forefront of technology, you know? So it's like, 
well, we have to have the greatest toys. It's not even a question of what's better or not. It's like if that's the most expensive thing, we must use that. So they just use it whether or not it's right or not. And most of the time, it's it's not right it's for things like that. Like Guillermo del Toro knows how to use mm. the, both of them perfectly. Amazing. Seamless. Yeah. It, yeah, because he was a mega bars. He knows about practical effects and everything and uh, a designer. So he's just he knows exactly how to marry the two, you know, perfectly. What did you think of The Shape of Water? Honestly? <laughs> Yo, he ain't, he, he ain't watching. I, I, I got to speak. Listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> Not to not to not. I, mean, I can't possibly. He's a master. Yeah, there's no knocking. I can't possibly not. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing not, good. <laughs> not only that, um, Pan's Labyrinth was the first time in my life, I swear to God, that I ever cried watching a movie. My entire life, when when that little girl died, uh, a tear fell from my eye the first time in it's my fucking, life watching. It's brilliant. Brilliant, yeah. absolutely. Brilliant. So he he can you know he's just the he's a master no matter what, but. Shape of Water, I, I did not feel um, – I, I, I could not suspend my disbelief. I did not believe for a second that woman would be attracted to that creature. I agree I, with you a thousand percent. I was thinking vice versa. A thousand percent. <laughs> she was a butterface. <laughs> I don't think so. I thought she had something, but I mean I just – no matter what, I just did not believe it. And it, it just seemed very contrived and very forced. Like they were just like – they were just telling the audience to just accept it. And I, so I, I wasn't buying that, and I wasn't buying that they were just letting people just walk in and out of this yeah. government. Yeah, so the it's merry elite. maid was in there cleaning up. Yeah, they just allow them in there. They just you know, yeah. oh, this monster just killed, bit this guy's hand off. Could you guys get in here with a mop? Yeah, like just real casual. <laughs> and her friend yeah. is so like, when she admits she fucked this fish, exactly. She's like, all right, you know, like really, like oh, they're like. <laughs> It's just like everything was just like you're supposed to accept whatever they throw at you and nothing was really – a lot of things weren't making sense. Having said that though, gorgeous movie. Gorgeous. You know, okay. Like, yeah. Just movie. I mean it's a well-made movie. I'm, I'm with you on that. OK. When I first you know, saw it, I said to myself, OK, this guy's a master. This is what he does. I went and I watched it and I'm thinking, shit, I don't care. Like, I'm watching this, and visually, it's amazing, and you look, and you're like, oh, this is so visually awesome. This story, like, you really have to, like, you have to buy in. To me, when I, when, after I was done with it, and, and I found out it won Best Picture, it made sense because it, it's one of those movies that makes you remember what a movie can be with imagination. It's very, like, sure. majestic and huge, but the story was so bland and, like, Okay, who cares? Michael Shannon is yeah, amazing. He was my favorite part of the movie. He yeah, was right? my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, everything yeah. else was like, okay, I guess. But like visually, like still like Del Toro is just like ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the biggest like travesty is that he's not – maybe now he will, but I know he's been trying to make um, At the Mountains of Madness. You know, yeah. that's his shooting project forever. Yeah. Like, he wanted to make a rated R, like biggest budget movie with Tom Cruise. But apparently they just didn't – they didn't trust it being – they didn't want it to be rated R. I think that was the issue. And then he refused to make it or something. Well, he, he's but. our next guest, so we'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I'm, listen, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, okay, visually, um, Terrifier, it, like, like you said, the effects and all that other stuff are so – awesome like you know for for what we're used to what are some of the movies that inspired you like as far as effects go that made you 
um, like when you're making this movie, like what, what were the movies that were in your head that you're like, man, I, I, this is what influenced me. I, by far the, all the Savini slasher gags, maniac, Dawn of the dead and, you know, all, all of his stuff. But growing up, I mean, everything, uh, American wealth in London, I still think is like the transformation scene is just the greatest thing. I watch it all the time, all the time on YouTube. Still looks amazing. Yep. Still looks amazing. Still looks amazing to this day. Um, I would just, I, I remember having the VHS. I would just invite my friends just up, up into my house just to watch that scene all the time when we were little, just to show them that and just things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, this movie was all the stuff I learned from Savini, just trying to, trying to utilize all those tricks and, you know, something I'm so proud of. And it's in like, probably not even that effective, but it's in the movie for two seconds, but it's during, during the hacksaw scene, like, cause I tried to use like, like Savini's whole thing is to just use as much as of the real actor as possible, uh, you know, until, uh, unless absolutely necessary to go to a, a dummy or something, you know? So like, I wanted to keep the girl hanging upside down. You know, I wanted to use the actress for as many shots as I could. So there's like, I think the last shot before we cut to her as a dummy, you know, I built like, you know, we, we put like a, a prosthetic slice up her chest and like I built a, a replica hacksaw that was split in half that he could just like press up against, you know, the wound. And we had like Savini blood pumps hooked up to the back, you know, you know, away from the camera where you wouldn't see. So it looked like it was stuck in her in her chest plate and we were pumping the blood and it's spraying, you know what I mean? And she's actually there reacting. So to me, that was like, oh, that was like me just trying to like impressed Tom Savini somewhere like oh like everything that was savage man that kill that was that's one of those things that people are going to talk about like the most like where it's just like uh just definitely like that's that's the one that everyone brings up the the pizzeria one too like that was the guy cleaning the toilet I I like the I'll tell you this (laughs) because I remember the 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 short at the end of All Hallows Eve where like art gets kicked out for like smearing shit and piss. So I like that you kind of brought it in and then like you, you, it cuts to it and it's got art (laughs) written (laughs) and shit on the toilet, which I thought was pretty fucking funny. So, um, and, uh, so when you're coming up with the hacksaw scene, do they do like, when do the actresses know that this is what you're thinking of doing and what was their reaction? (laughs) Like, it's oh, like, from the, yeah, the very beginning. I mean, you got to tell them when they're reading for the part what happens, because especially because there's nudity involved, you know. Yeah. Uh, some actresses, I believe, when I auditioned actresses, sometimes I had them read for like all three parts, or I just gave them more or less like a generic, uh, some generic lines from a character, and then I would decide which one, which character they would kind of write for, not. But then, like some actresses were like, you know, I can't. I can't be considered for that part. Like, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? But uh, Catherine Corcoran, who played Dawn, was just like all for it. You know, when she came in and she she loved it. And she was like, she's like, if we do this scene, she's like, this scene has to be fucking badass. It's got to be perfect. We got to make sure this is like the coolest thing. You know, and we would both joke to each other. We're like, yeah, we're like, this is like horror movie history because neither one of us saw that specifically done in a movie before it may have been i haven't seen nearly you know every horror i don't think i have no i i I think i I know there's things similar and especially i think when we were in 
uh, post-production of this movie, my DP called me up and he's like, dude, he's like, have you seen Bone Tomahawk? And I'm like, no. Oh, and he's yeah. like, yeah. You're right. He's like, yeah. so they basically did the exact same thing and my fucking heart sank. And I was like, oh, you're kidding me. And then uh, he sent me the clip on YouTube and I watched it. And, and it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. I mean, it could, it's, it, it's probably better than ours. It's a little different, but it's just like, it's so perfect. It's horrifying. But I mean, you know, it wasn't done with a hacksaw. It was done differently. It was done to a guy. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, different enough. Complete, but complete. I, I saw Bone Tomahawk and it didn't even come to mind until you just said it. You know what I mean? Really? Like it's, I love Bone Tomahawk. Because that dude, like, used his hands, right? Yeah. He ripped it. It was like a wishbone. Like a tool, right? <laughs> a wishbone. <laughs> They had like a guy on each leg, and then someone in the middle, like uh, hacking him with the hot towel. That yeah. movie, yeah, you're right. Like, but still, like, wow, that that's that's another one of those interesting releases where it's like you get Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins from The Shape of Water, like, and s- somehow it just goes straight to like video, like you know, it didn't even get a theatrical. Well, who's the uh, who's the mainstream audience for that these days, right? I mean, it's just all about. You know, the Avengers part six, yeah. or we're about to. <laughs> or kids' movies. Yeah. Well, he, he has kids, so he knows. He's... That's it. It's kids' movies, or superheroes, and maybe yeah. like one drama set aside. Yeah. Well, that guy yeah. that guy ended up doing uh, another movie, Cell, with Brawl and Cell Block 99, which was pretty cool, too. I saw that. Yeah, I thought that was so. cool. Yeah, I thought Vince Vaughn was great. Um, but yes, all right. So you're. you're like for me another point about terrifier is when you're watching a slasher movie the actual slasher is like so not in the movie <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you don't really see michael you don't really see any of these characters um but art just kind of flipped the script on it he's such a big part of the movie and he's in almost every scene um, yeah. Once he uh, starts get uh, going and stuff like that, so was that something that you were even conscious of? A hundred percent. I wanted, first of all, I wanted the whole movie to feel like, you know, feel like the last fifteen minutes of every slasher, where the killer finally comes into it and like the shit hits the fan. You know what I mean? So I was like, you did, you it. know. Yeah, thank you. I was like, you know, is it possible to pull that off? You know, I don't know. I don't know if I pulled it off successfully. I mean, like a lot of people say. It, it gets redundant, and I can definitely see that. I mean, it's it's a tricky thing to pull off, but, you know, I figured... And that's another reason why I love Friday the 13th Part 6, because I feel like in that one, Jason's more prominent than in all the other ones. Like, they cut to him a lot more. Even when even when he's not killing, they always make sure they cut back to, to him, like, in the woods, just like, you know, just like, you know, trekking along. Just like, like you know, walking. Not, just walking. There's a lot of that, you know what I mean? So I, I wanted to try and pull that off you know i didn't i wanted to cut out as much of the stereotypical crap of all the characters you don't care about just talking about nonsense for and you're just like all right when's the killer gonna pop up all right waiting slasher flick that's the star that's who we want we want to see jason we want to see freddy we want the villain you know but it's funny because like i didn't really think of it like that until you see the clown and and all these scenes and you're like he's he's the star yeah like he is the actual star. So, and and w- what were some of like the uh, slasher movie tropes that you wanted to avoid? Hmm. Anything that you wanted to just consciously stay away from? Consciously avoid. Um, I don't know about avoid. There's a lot of things that we did <laughs> that, uh, that are typical. Um, but I mean, some things where we like flip them. 
flip the switch a little bit. I mean, everything's been done before, but like killing killing the lead actress off in the middle. You know, I thought that would be cool, like a little nod to Psycho, but also more about just setting up. This whole movie was about setting up Art the Clown as, as a villain. You know what I mean? Like, even if a lot of things didn't work, and granted, tons of things didn't work. Like, I'm the, I'm the most critical. Believe me, I know everything that didn't work or could have been done better in, in this movie. You know what I mean? That's, but, what, that's what we do, man. Like I, like I said, I play music, and if you play me back something, I'd be like, ah, that didn't sound good. <laughs> that, that, that didn't work. That didn't work. Um Wait, I'm sorry. What were we? Uh, oh, you were just saying like like certain things that 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 you were trying to avoid or even embrace. Like maybe there were some some slasher tropes that you felt were okay to embrace. You know, you said you killed off the main the main actress in in the middle. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. Like, yeah, yeah. So we were trying to set him up um, as the villain. You know, because you know we're gonna we're gonna do more. So I really wanted him to just be like you. You just feel this presence of what this character could be, and you know, you know, is he. You know, is he cool enough and like you know savage enough to to hold his own movie and stuff like that? So I was really just trying that out. But um, well, another thing that we tried to do differently was the gun. You know, and some yeah. People- I was gonna, I was waiting for you to stop because I was gonna say the gun is just. Right. I was not who fucking like that just threw me off. I'm like, wait, he yeah. just he was like, fuck it. He's like, you're like kicking my ass and this is not gonna happen. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna exactly. fucking shoot you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, like like uh, Harrison Ford and fucking uh, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> exactly. I heard someone else make that uh, comparison. I did not have that in mind, but that's well, that's I'm, fantastic. No, um, no. You know, it sounds like we're sucking your dick, but <laughs> the, the easy part, like we were, I was just saying this, and this is why, yo, seriously, I, I, I was like scrolling through Facebook. And we started a podcast, and we, we talked to our friends that are mostly musicians, but also, you know, we, we talked to uh, our next guest is Damien Maffei, who's in the Strangers movie, like the, the sack guy. Um, oh. wow. uh, Frank Sabatella, who does a lot of horror stuff here. Mark Schoenbach does a lot of cool posters. So we get to, like, venture out and do stuff like that. And I saw a Gmail attached to the Facebook <laughs> And I was like, fuck. I'm like, I really like this movie, and I want to talk to anyone from this fucking movie. And when you wrote back, I was like, wait. This guy just wrote back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to fucking talk. So we we really love the movie, and I think what it is, it's like, listen, maybe no one else is going to see it. Maybe no one else will give a shit. But I, I don't feel that way. Uh, I think anyone who watches it and knows what they're getting into are really going to like it. I think Art the Clown is like lightning in a bottle, and it's just a matter of like uh, it getting to the right audience. And they're I, I, like, this is the slasher movie you've been waiting if for. If slasher is, is your subgenre, there's no way you can't like not like this film. Yeah. You know, it's right in your wheelhouse. It gives you everything you want, you would want from a slasher. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you know what you do very well too um, in the short. And 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 the and the movie as well, um, the the low battery on the cell phone, the, the things that you you kind of exploit where it's just like yeah. you're thinking like ah oh, yeah you know what if you're stranded somewhere, the car's not going to start like things that you really can't help that if something were to pop up it's like all right now what are you going to do especially right. now like I've been places where like my cell phone is low, no one's killed me yet but I mean like you know <laughs> if that's the case you know so it's these relatable situations where it's like, okay, maybe the clown thing might not happen, but you're, you're in this position where if someone did want to 
murder you like you would be in like a vulnerable position if you can't start your car your your battery doesn't work um definitely worked in in that short Um, yeah yeah i mean that's the hardest stuff to write now when you're when you're writing a slasher because everybody has a fucking phone you know what i mean so it's like anybody could just call the cops at any second so you're trying to figure out all these ways. There's only so many ways to get rid of the phone. It's like the battery dies. They drop the phone. You know, this, it, it's, it's, you know that gets very tricky. That's hard to pull off, you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the, the next movie, there's going to be more cell phones. So I got to come up with more, more, more ways to be Maybe able set to- it in like Amish country or something. <laughs> Nobody's got. Yeah. What about electric? an Amish slasher? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're unless you're setting it, you know, in a in a pre cell phone world, it's 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 definitely a, a challenge mm. to figure out how to do it. Um, you know, and another another trope you were talking about common tropes is like I see a lot of people complaining about like the the killer getting you know the victim knocking down the killer but not killing him and then running away. You know, and they have like a million opportunities to to kill him. You know. Um, Yes. That's just one, that's just one of those things, right? It's like you want the movie to keep going. It's like, yeah, I could have I could have any of the characters chop his head off, you know, at the at the, the five minute mark, and then you know we'll just have a, a nice little short film. But that yeah. makes sense because, like, <laughs> if, if me, a regular person whose murdering isn't in my blood, I might just you know exactly. knock the guy down and get the hell out of there. I might not think in real life to like oh, I'm going to find a blunt object and beat his brains out. Yeah, I, I agree. Know, yeah. yeah. I agree. I don't. I don't think it's that easy. You know, as you're, you're horrified. You just, you just want to get out of there. Of you find, the, yeah. You, you find the smallest opportunity just to, you know, you know, hold him off for a second. You know, like the girl slams the spike into his foot, and that's it. You know, she, she just bought herself a couple of seconds. She's out of there. You know, she's going to rely on her, you know, her speed more than her strength to find another object or whatever. Um, another, another thing that I liked about Art is um, just when he would do fucked up shit. Like, he would find it so funny. You know? Like, he would find it so fuck. Like, he was just laughing to himself. (laughs) And I don't know. It's just so effective because you're like... And then that garbage bag. Like, it's just so... What was the idea with that? Like, you were just some random garbage bag? You're like, no rhyme, no reason? No, I don't like... Well, not that I don't like, but I didn't want to do the same thing where in, like, all the slasher movies, it's like they have to constantly find weapons. Or they just disappear and then they just show up with another weapon. And it's like, well, where the hell did he get that? Like, you know, like Jason just disappears and then he shows up with like a weed whacker. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know? It's like good, where did he find that? Good point. You know? Good point. So it's like, why not just weed whacker? Yeah. So he just carries around his stash. He doesn't have to look for his weapons. He's got everything. And it's like his bag of tricks. You know, you never know what he's going to pull out of it. So. Did, you, did you know when you were making the film, you know, I would imagine endings are, are different. Did you film more than one ending for this movie or did you know exactly how you wanted it to end? Um, well, I always knew that it was going to end with the girl, um, like the wraparound, you know, where you find out that it, it was her the entire time. Um, but we did shoot a version where... Wait, what? Oh, wait. See, a lot of people don't get that. Maybe you didn't get it either. No. Okay, so, yes. Yeah, so what? the girl... The girl on the talk show in the beginning, yeah. the speaker girl is 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 uh, Victoria. Is the oh the no last... no that I got that I got. Oh, okay okay okay. I thought you were saying that she was Art the Clown. I mean, you just blew my... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I was ready to just shut this podcast off. <laughs> okay. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people did not get that though. I don't know. They think it's a different different girl. That's my fault, I guess. But um... no no no, it's pretty clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought so, but yeah, yeah. yeah. be surprised. 
Um, but uh, yeah, did you have like? We, did, so we didn't have a. We had a, a version where so after she spun around to the camera in the wheelchair, then we cut back to the beginning where she's like laughing over the talk show host body, and you see Art the clown is sitting is standing in the room. And he's uh, he's across from her and they're both like laughing and pointing at each other. So it's like, you know, but it's supposed to be like him in her in her mind. Yeah. But that's just like, I don't, I don't know. That just wasn't that just really wasn't working for me for whatever reason. Like, I, I didn't want to hammer the idea that it's like they had this like connection now. Well, like she's the new Arthur Clown. Like that has like there, there is none of that. Like she just yeah, she, she just went she can't be. She yeah, can't, no, no. He is he's the clown. That's yeah. it. He's the only he's the only one. Like other people, are like oh, do they have some link or is she the next clown? No, she just went crazy. Like even though he didn't kill her, like he just destroyed her mentally, and you know that's it. But so we're we gonna but see more uh, Art the Clown in the future. Are you planning on? Uh, yeah, hundred hundred percent. Yeah, I have whole I have the whole sequel planned out. I have all the ideas. I just have to write it up, and hopefully somebody will give me money to make it, and then yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, slashers have to have sequels, man. They do. Yeah, yeah. We need that. Well, that's, that's funny too. That's another reason why, you know, you know, it's funny now that I think about it. That I don't think that was the original end of the movie. I, <laughs> you hear it here <laughs> first. Yeah. Oh God, it's gone through so much shit. I, I think it actually originally ended with him killing himself. And, I, and that was it. And then I was like, but you know what? People are going to be fucking, if they really like him, I thought people were going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, well, is that it? Like, he was so cool. Like, he's got to come back. So then, then I came up with the morgue scene, even though the morgue scene is like super cliche and it's been done before. But like, we had to, how else, how else was it going to happen? It's like, you know, I'm not going to have it take place like years later and shit. It's like, keep it all in that night. It's like, you know, like what happens directly after that? How does he come back? Where are they going to take his body? So that was the only thing that made sense to me. Um, just to just to let the audience know that he is coming back. So I had to kind of cop out a little bit with that scene. But, you know. It's, you know, it, like when you think of the big four, and we do bring up the big four, Texas Chain, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Halloween, you know, this could be, this could be up there because he's just so brutal, um, and it just—I don't know. I think sky's the limit, really, for it. And as stupid as I sound, you know, obviously you do need the funding and all these other things, but I think it's just—I can't think of anything else besides Saw. But Saw doesn't really have a slasher, no. You know, so yeah, that's on the slash. I can't. Maybe yeah. laid to rest. Laid to rest was pretty brutal too. I don't know if you've seen any of those. I, thought, I know that's Chrome Skull, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen them. I've seen clips, but I hear he's he's pretty awesome. Those but. two, those two movies are pretty fucking good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. yeah. So, I just had a curiosity. Um, what are the screenings like that you've been to? Like, I, I what sucked for me was not watching it in a theater. My friend Dan went to the Montclair one. I think he said he met you, Did, right? Were you there? I was there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. So he talked to you. He's, he's, he does something called Inked Up Merch. Oh, I know exactly. We talked for quite Dan, some time. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's our boy. Shout out to Dan Turr getting in on 31 episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, watching it in a theater, like, what, what, what's the vibe? It's got to be great. It's awesome, man. I said, like, that Montclair screening was the – I saw it in three theaters – um, the first time we ever screened, it was a, a super rough cut in uh, Telluride, Colorado back in 
it could have been could have been 2016. That's how that's how long we've been making this movie. But either 2016 or 17, and they, it was missing. It was actually missing scenes. It had a complete. It didn't have the coroner scene. It didn't have the. Uh, it, it didn't have the decapitation scene. Um, but still, like people, it was like it really was like a friggin' concert. Like people were just screaming and shrieking and fucking. Uh, you know when. Um, you know when he pulls the gun out and, and shoots uh, shoots Jenna in the leg like that. I'll never forget just people like being like, you know, the, oh, like oh, you know, come on, you know, like people just like flipping out. Um, it was really, it's really cool. It's really fun to see what an audience. There's a lot of laughter. That's what surprised me more than anything because I don't, I don't make horror movies to to find laughs to get laughs. You know what I mean? Like even though I love Return of the Living Dead. Yes, that's that's not you know what I mean. Like that's perfect. That's a perfect mix of like horror and comedy. But that's not my style of film to make. But like the comedy of Art the Clown just comes out naturally. We even went further with the comedy and Terrifier than in All Hallows All Hallows Eve because I knew it was going to be so much more brutal. So I didn't want it to be like a miserable experience for people, you know. So I I, I like the idea of him always kind of not always, but once in a while, just kind of like winking to the audience or just like making a gesture or, you know, getting a laugh after he kills somebody. And I thought that would, it would be more of a fun experience as opposed to just like a really, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's true. I mean, like return, return of the living dead. I mean, maybe they, they go a little bit on the funnier side, but like, still it's like, there's nothing really funny (laughs) that's going on there. Exactly. Especially the ending. Right, the and return in, the, uh, in that movie come out of the the hysteria, you know, of the uh, of the the characters. I'm just them just reacting to the situation and just seeing grown men just scream and just lose their shit is really where most of the laughs come from. Like it's played straight for the most part, you know. It's really this horrible situation happening, but you just laugh at them. So yeah, I mean that's a perfect perfect blend. Perfect movie, and and there's like few movies like. I feel like horror comedies have 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 kind of hit some some good strides lately. Sure, I'll always say, Scouts, uh, yeah, Scouts Guide to the Apocalypse. Yeah, that was like one of the best fucking horror movies I've ever seen. Like it's it's real. It it reminded me of what Return of the Living Dead Two could have been if if it was Mm. better. Yeah. Wow. That. Yep. Yeah, there's a scene in the movie with with a penis that stretches, and it's I every time it comes on, I watch it. My girlfriend's just like, "You are fucking stupid," because <laughs> I laugh like I seen it the first time. Like every time it's on, I'm like, "But it's a penis and yeah. it's stretching and it's funny." That was funny. She's like, "You're a fucking idiot." So, I actually like Return of Living Dead 2 a lot. I, I grew up watching that one, but I mean, it, obviously, it doesn't hold a candle to the first one. It but, doesn't, and and number two was cool, and I I, I love the uh, Michael Jackson homage. Yeah. Like, there's certain things on there. The fact that it's basically the same movie that was kind of weird. Pretty too. much, pretty much. It just has a great feel, you know. It really, uh, especially I watched that at such a young age. I mean, Me too. Yeah, kind of nostalgia with that one, but uh, yeah. Didn't you I get love- didn't you get bummed out when like number three went straight to video and you're like oh this wasn't as good? I didn't like part three at all. Me neither. I don't even remember part three. It's not. Yeah, so Which okay. one was the rave one? Oh, that's that doesn't count. <laughs> we'll never mention part four in this on this show ever again. Um. All right, man. So what's the future for you? Um, I think I'm gonna go into writing the sequel to Terrifier. I think that's that's what makes sense right now because. Uh, I probably have the greatest opportunity of making that one. I think someone will throw me money faster to make that than, uh, you know. I have a vampire movie 
that I want to make. Uh, I feel like vampires haven't been scary in a long time, you know, like uh, especially like Salem's Lot, the original Salem's yeah. Lot, like a, that. That would be incredible. I um, think 30 Days of Night was pretty close. That was cool. That was savage. And yeah, so I would love to mix like that kind of, you know, savagery with, uh, you know, the vibe of Salem's Lot, like how, but also have it be scary, you know? So that would be, but my ultimate dream project is, is a zombie movie. Like that would be in the same world of, as uh, George Romero's Day of the Dead. Like it would take place around the same time. That's you know? that, you know, people say dawn. I'm a day guy. I, I go I, I go day over dawn. I have no problem with that. Dawn is my favorite, but I'm I'm obs- equally obsessed with day. I mean, they're both just perfect zombie movies. I yeah. I could talk either. I there's there's just something like like I I mentioned before. There's no hope in day. Exactly. Like, no. It's just there's, like, a, there's a very exactly bleak doom. Uh, just. just tone over the whole movie where you're like exactly it's hopeless it's so it, dark everybody's just lost their humanity it uh, made yeah. it just like as i watched it at, at a young age seven i would imagine yeah. <laughs> and like i was just thinking like th- there's certain movies that that i remember thinking like watching and realizing that we're all gonna die and i was that it was that and miracle <laughs> that Mir- miracle mile was another one that was like a weird random 1988 oh, that's movie. a great movie and That's, I was like, wow, we're all going to die. This kind of yeah. sucks. I we're realized all that. We're going to die getting eaten by zombies. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Or come back as a zombie, which is worse. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Day of the Dead, there's something about, there's something about, like, going into the broad daylight and it being just as horrifying as the, as the dark, as the night. Like, that. that's something that really stuck out to me with that movie. You know, just seeing the zombies in the middle of the day at the fence. And it's like there's just nowhere you could go. You know, like the sun doesn't even bring you, you know, like hope anymore. Nothing. It's just, oof. That's, you know? that's how I feel. Like I remember watching it and being like, even if they leave here, where are they going to go? There's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's yeah. nowhere to go. That opening scene when they're on the helicopter in the city and the zombies are just walking around, that alligator and everything like that, that the city's completely <laughs> abandoned. That's one of my favorite shots, that whole scenario. God. Brilliant. He is one of my favorites, man. George Romero. I'm just, oh, he's the best. Until I mean, I, did you? Would you think of like the later ones? Like Land, Land of the Dead was okay, and then from there it was just kind of weird. I, I thought they got progressively weaker as they went on, you know. Um, yeah, but I mean, you can't take it. Doesn't matter though. You can't take anything away from them. It's like know? Metallica. It's like Metallica. They get a lifetime pass. Yeah, Metallica's first they four records. Of it's, 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 <laughs> they can do whatever the fuck they want now. That's yeah. <laughs> not. That's how I, not to say judge, I guess that's like a harsh word, but that's how I judge, you know, artists or whatever like that. If you did one thing, if you made one awesome song, like, you don't fucking owe me anything. Like, who's that? You know, you're giving me some kind of, like, pleasure. I'm getting enjoyment out of something you created. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's enough. Like, I'm not giving you anything in return. It's like, you're just giving me something for free. Like, you know, this guy gave me so much amazing shit. It's like, to be like, oh, but this this sucked. It's chipping away at his legacy. It's like, fucking bullshit. Listen, you're, you're talking to someone that watches every, like, Friday the 13th could come out tomorrow. I remember watching Jason X in the theaters and being like, this is the worst <laughs> ever <laughs> like i don't know what happened i thought eight was terrible i like jason goes to hell personally uh, I, I liked it and then but like you know as a fan like i'm always going to give these movies a chance because course. it's like yeah they no mean matter, a lot to you yeah you know? i mean we sat through halloween 
resurrect. No, what was the one with Buster Rhymes? Like, I think you're resurrection. Yeah. yeah. Like, if that doesn't knock you out of the game, then <laughs> then you're a fan. Like, that's it. Exactly. Wait, how how excited are you for the? I am fucking pumped because I have all the faith in Danny McBride and his writing, and I like that they're going away from the brother-sister angle, so they're just going to take it after the first one, and to me, there is no scarier movie um, than the Halloween 1 and 2. 78, yeah. 78 and 81, there's something about, and I kind of felt like a lot of like the direction that you used some of like the camera angles and the way you felt like it did have like a carpenter esque feel to it on, on like some of the scenes, and Smart. and I like that you you pick it up and I think that's it, why your movie is like a little bit far above like the most indie horror flicks because like I, I, maybe you're just super talented maybe you're just really good at it I don't know maybe the third one I don't know I mean I'm just like you guys man I'm just like a huge fan and I just try and remember the things that worked. You know, that, that had an effect on me when I was, you know, young, growing up, watching all these movies. And I'm, I'm such a huge, huge John Carpenter fan. Oh, like, my God. The, the, like, huge. Yeah, you, know? you can't I, say enough. Yeah. Like, I, even Big I want, Trouble in Little China. Like, come on. Incredible. I wanted to go off on a tangent before when you were talking about The Shape of Water. And just talk, <laughs> and just talk about, like, how, like, Starman did everything right. You know, that, like, Shape of Water for me, like, didn't work. Like, her falling in love with this alien. Like, I think Starman is possibly the most friggin' underrated movie of all time. Like, I think that movie is an absolute masterpiece. But uh, anyway, I'm getting off track. But John Carpenter. So, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of shots in Terrifier. Like, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things that John Carpenter does is whenever he cuts to some creepy presence just standing there, just silent, like in the fog, you know, and you just cut to all of them, their silhouettes, and they just stand. To me, that's the scariest stuff ever. You don't get scarier than that. Yeah. So, you know, when I cut to Art the Clown just standing there holding the scalpel like a mannequin, that's a total homage to, to John Carpenter. Or even just in the pizzeria smiling, you're like, yeah. what yeah. the <laughs> fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah, so before we go, like, I just wanted to bring up Dread Central and your relationship with them um, through Rob G, who's a Long Island guy, um, who I've known for a few years, well, a bunch now, because he was in a band with my drummer, and I don't know, he's like a, like a horror dude from Long Island that moved to Cali, and, and, and he's doing his thing over there, man. How did that happen? Well, what, what, I'm curious, what, did, uh, what instrument did Rob uh, play in the band? He played guitar and sang. He sang? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he was in a band called uh, Prescott C with our drummer, and uh, a, a more known band called uh, Pretty Polly. What was the style? Um, I know that they were very big into the band Far. They were very big into the band Failure. Uh, very big into the band Hum. Um, so they had a very... I know there's three bands and most people... <laughs> but, but still. Uh, I don't know. We're, we're just going to have to have them send you some shit. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, I got involved with them through actually uh, Steve Barton at Dread Central. Because... Uh, I had a connection with Steve uh, through Ruthless Pictures. I guess um, I don't know. I, ha I had his uh, I had his his email stored, and when I was we were getting ready because all the distributors were turning us down for Terrifier because of how violent it was for the most part. Like other people wanted it, but they wanted the uh, they wanted to have the authority to cut things if need be. So, but I, I would never compromise. Uh, so. 
we were really close. We were like a week away from going to self-distribution. And then, um, and then I was like, well, you know, now we got to start getting a push and stuff like that. So I was like trying to figure out if I had any people that could write reviews or get us some credibility. And then I remembered Steve with, De- with Dread Central. So I wrote him, uh, I wrote him an email and I was like, you know, I got this movie, you know, with the clown you remember from All Hallows Eve. I'm like, I'm trying to get some reviews. Would you mind checking it out? And then he's like, sure, man. He's like, send me a screener. And then I think the next day uh, I got a text message from him and he was like, does anybody, he's like, what are you doing with this movie? He's like, did anybody pick it up yet? And I was like, no, not yet. We're about to go self-distribution. And he's like, he's like, don't do a fucking thing with it yet. He's like, this is awesome, man. He's like, this is like the horror movie that people like me, he's like, we've all been waiting for. He's like, he's like, and then he just told me about, you know, how he just hooked up with Epic Pictures and, you know, that they were going to start putting out horror movies under the Dread Central label. And he's like, I love it. I want it. He's like, we gotta, we're gonna, we're gonna make this work. He's like, you know, we're gonna try and make it work. And to Steve's credit, man, like I was really discouraged at that point, as you know, because I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm like, no one even wants this movie. I'm like, is there even, is there even an audience for this fucking movie anymore? Like, am I just so far gone in the past in my own little, you know, I'm so in my own little world where this is just a total fucking waste of time, you know? And then. Um, and then, yeah, man, it was just, it was really Steve just got me fired up again. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm like, all right, no, I, I did this for a reason. I'm like, there's still people like, like me, like fucking Steve out there that want to do this. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. How, how did that make you feel? Like you, you, here's the guy that was like, did you, did, did you sign it away yet? It's like, don't, it's like, we, this is awesome. Like, you know, like you get someone who is a genuine fan of like the genre and knows what you're doing and trying to do. And like, that's it. He's, he's, he's going to back it up man that must be a great fucking fi- like a finally moment exactly it was a great feeling man it was like he totally championed the movie and he just yeah he just kind of just like lit my fires again you know so i was like all right cool you know it got me pumped and uh yeah and then yeah it wound up working out with uh with epic and our rob actually came on later i think they they hired him after we'd already been picked up and then he came in and he 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 was in charge of just overseeing you know, pretty much every, I think, I guess every facet of, of the movie with uh, marketing and everything like that. And, you know, Rob loves, um, he loves physical, he's old school like us. So he loves like hard copies and physical things. And he loves collecting Blu-rays and DVDs of horror movies. So he, he oversaw, um, you know, the, the whole Blu-ray process. And he was, you know, he was adamant about making it really cool and like a collector's edition and he wanted to put as many features and you know he was he was all for like the double-sided artwork and the reversible cover and all that shit and so it was really like rob was great is the dvd Um, out yet yeah yeah it's a dvd blu-ray combo uh that you can get on uh epic's website and uh you can also get it on amazon.com now and um like what are some of the features on it that that you think are pretty cool uh, there's commentary uh, with me and Dave Art the Clown. There's um, there's like a 20 minute featurette uh, behind the scenes. There's an interview with Jenna Cannell that I think is 10 minutes long. Uh, there's two deleted scenes, trailers. Yeah, there's, there's some cool shit on it. The coolest thing to me is the you could flip the you could flip the cover, and so we have like um, we have two pieces of artwork on the back. One from sick wicks if you know she, she's on instagram she's fantastic she did the artwork on one side and then this artist rick melton did like this really cool they both did like retro kind of grindhouse covers um you know they both they both kind of like uh it's their own rendition of the hacksaw sequence is, which is 
I always wanted to put on the cover. <laughs> and isn't isn't that cool now? Like, I feel like a lot of, um, you know, I guess because people sometimes like avoid physical copies, but now I, I think in order to entice people to buy certain things like albums or whatever, right? They, they do have these different alternate artworks, which makes you want to buy it. Like, I think that's fantastic. Like, you get like you said, like all, uh, different types of posters. Like, you could frame something like that. You know. Yeah, you gotta make it enticing because it's so easy for somebody to just buy something or just download it illegally, you know, watch it on the fire stick or whatever. So if you make it a collector's edition and make it worth having and you know, you give them this cool artwork and you know, cool features, it makes it you know, makes it worth it. You know, you're not spending that much money, it's cool to have. Does does piracy like affect someone like you more or like maybe like uh, bigger studios that are used to having like a, a zillion dollars? Uh, no, it definitely affects someone like me for sure. Yeah, I count on every every single penny that comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it definitely it definitely hurts. But you know, this is just it's just the world we live in. We're all we're all guilty of it. So it's you know it's yeah. tough. I, I try to push everyone to at least rent. You know the movie. You know, like you yeah, even you can like, watch it on YouTube for yeah. You can watch four it bucks. four bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a great deal. Um, huh. yeah. How does that, how does that work? Like the YouTube deal for you, for someone like you, like like they charge you four dollars for a stream. Like, is that just like a? You know, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of that. I mean, that's something with the distributor. They make all those deals. You know, so I don't know like how it works with Amazon Prime, Voodoo, iTunes. Uh, you know. I'm, you know, the distributor gets a percentage of that, and then we get a percentage of that, and trickles down. So, I'll find out in probably four months how this all works. Okay, <laughs> and and do you like the fact that All Hallows Eve is on Amazon? Like, is that cool? Sure. Yeah. The more, especially All Hallows Eve, you know, the more the merrier. Wherever it is, you know, I just it's it's cool to just have eyes eyes on Art the Clown at this point. You know, it's 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 more about just building him as a brand. And hopefully, you know, hopefully people, you know, accept him and embrace him. And, and then we can, you know, we can make more movies and have fun with them. You know, I definitely have tons of other ideas, you know, especially for another one. I think after the next one, if there is a, a third one down the line, I, I think that's when it's going to get tricky. But the next one, there's a lot to explore with his, uh, a little bit with his origin. I don't want to go too deep into it, you know, but uh, we definitely need to shed a little light on what he is or who he is. Um and I have a lot of cool ideas for more kill scenes and a great hero, another female who's going to be an awesome character. So, yeah. How so. did you know David was the guy? Like, so, like, what what stopped the last guy from continuing as so, article? The original the original actor was Mike Gianelli, and that's just one of my closest friends. And he's not an actor. So, uh, around I think when I I met him when I just got out of high school, and we became we became close friends and. Uh, you know, I was just like the guy from American Beauty, just like walking around the camcorder. Like all I did was film, film shit. Film I, think, shit. I thought you meant like the dad or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now the other weirdo with the camera. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, him, yeah. Wes. Uh, yeah, but um, so yeah, just filming short films, and that's when I, you know, that's when I really got heavy into prosthetic makeup when i met him like actually making molds and making prosthetics that i sculpted on people's faces so you know he was one of the first people i made a, a life cast for 
and uh, I, I sculpted a zombie mask on him, and we applied it, and I would film it and take pictures and blah, blah, blah. And then so he just so happened to be this guy that I knew who didn't mind getting makeup thrown on him when I was making The Ninth Circle. And I was like, you know, I need this clown character. Would you play it? You know, so he played it, and then it just started snowballing. Even then, even on such a small scale, like people were like, you know, even just close friends and relatives and whoever, they were like, you know, that's cool, but that clown is fantastic. You got to do more stuff with that clown, you know? And I would just listen and be like, all right, look, people are saying he's great. Let's just do more shit with him, you know? And then we made the Terrifier short. But long story short, he's not, he's not an actor, you know? And he, when it came time to do this movie, you know, and I was, I, I begged him to do it because I had a feeling like it was going to, you know, I always believed in this character and I thought it would just keep growing, but he was just really just didn't want to spend all that time in the makeup chair and he just wasn't, it's just not his thing. So he just, you know, he just decided to pass on it. So, um, so then we had, that was scary. And then we had to have auditions for it. Cause now everybody, whoever, whoever liked all Hallows Eve loved Art the Clown. Like he's, you know, Say what you want about the movie, negative comments, like everybody pretty much unanimously says he, but he's awesome, you know? So it's like, great, now we gotta replace like the only thing that worked in that fucking movie. So that that was really scary. Um, but you know, we had people come in and for whatever reason, you know, Dave came in and I was just like, yeah, the only direction I gave him was, you know, pantomime chopping off somebody's head. <laughs> that was really it, you know? And uh so he came and he did his thing and he, you know, he was bringing all of these mannerisms, uh, these kind of like over the top gestures and like the silent film quality to it that I hadn't seen before because Mike wasn't a trained actor, you know, oh. and I thought, it was, I thought it was really cool. And he sawed the head off and he's looking at it and he, uh, and he's like licking the blood and then, uh, then he pours salt on it, like just doing all these like weird, crazy things. Uh, you know, and I'm like this guy. This guy's got something. Especially, he had he had a physicality that I always wanted for Art the Clown. I always envisioned Art being much skinnier. That's why I sculpted you know this zombie kind of look, these features with the with the cheekbones, the sunken and eye sockets, and everything like that. And and Mike was you know a little heavier than I than I wanted Art the Clown to be. So I thought that would it, Dave was just phenomenal. He brought all these things that all these things to the character that I never envisioned before. Uh, and he can give me he can give me a range like there was a spectrum that Dave brought where he can he can either play it like subdued or then really outlandish and there was a whole spectrum so he would give me if we did five takes he can give me like five different performances and then I can choose in the editing room which one I wanted to use and so we could always rely we could always go back to the very subdued just Art the Clown just standing there just being very you know just very very still and, and just uh, you know very very simple and effective but then there were these little things that he would do like there's that scene where where Sam uh, Samantha Scafidi who plays Victoria slams uh, the railroad spike into his into his foot and as she runs away he gives her the finger yeah that, that was all Dave that was just me just uh, yelling cut and the camera was still rolling and Dave just flipped her flipped her the bird you know as she was coming back and everybody on set left and then in the editing room I'm watching that and I'm hearing it <laughs> I'm like, you know, maybe uh, I'm like, I wouldn't write that. I don't think that's Art the Clown. I think that's a little too hokey and uh, too on the nose. I'm like, but if it got a laugh there, we're probably gonna laugh in a, in a theater, and it does. It works all the time. Every time he gives the finger, everybody laughs. So Dave was, yeah, Dave was great. Awesome, yeah. So definitely. he'll be back. Uh, you gonna work with him again on 
No, I'm gonna get somebody else. Ah, good. Listen, if <laughs> if, if, if if Kiss could replace people in makeup, so could you. <laughs> Just get a get a different like Eric Carr. So. Um. All right. Well, fuck, man. I guess that covers everything. Um, the DVDs out, all that other shit. Like, if you haven't seen it, and I'm sure, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it because I'm going to tell people that obviously it contains spoilers. Yes. Uh, but thank you, thank you for doing it, man. Like, we we genuinely love the movie. We love the subgenre, and this this was awesome. Like, super Home fucking treat. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing it, man. Thank you. Uh, and we're like we're fans so we're we're gonna check out everything you do and hopefully the third one doesn't suck because then we're just gonna have to stop supporting you <laughs> you gotta make a third one so you can do like 3d oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Terrifying. there's plenty of gimmicks plenty of gimmicks for us to fall back on no but, but uh yeah seriously man we're uh super psyched to for you to do this and uh, to think that like Facebook Messenger works and you wrote no actually it was the email and you wrote back and uh, I feel pretty lucky so thank you thanks oh, thank you guys man this was uh, I'm grateful now I'm fans of you guys now so this was this was an honor thank you for reaching out and whenever you want to do this again shoot the shit man this is just talking horror movies is a blast that's so. it I and next time we'll talk fucking you know well i know i wanted to to get to your two movies but the next one we could definitely talk about uh actually you know what before you go what, what are some of the last few horror movies that, that you've seen that, that you really liked hmm. honestly no no new horror movies jumped out at me like all the ones that people i don't want to bad mouth horror movies like famous yeah. horror movies but a, a lot of ones that people loved that are fame. I did like, I liked it. I'm not talking about it. I actually did like the new it, but a lot of the ones that people are raving about now, like I didn't get, like, I don't think that they're as good as people are making them out to be. Um, a new one that stood out. I honestly, I can't think. I mean, like you can go back five, seven, eight years, whatever you like the last couple of movies that, that really you thought to yourself, like here's someone doing something cool. Shit. I don't know if it's a horror movie. No, I mean, like, whatever. I, Good. I mean, I still love like everything uh, Quentin Tarantino does. I have to see. I mean, he's unbelievable. Just, he's just a man. I I love the Hateful Eight. I Absolutely. Fucking, I fucking love that movie. <laughs> me too. Let me yeah. tell you this. I it was one of those things that people that are fans of his told me they did not like. So shame on me. For being such a fan and being apprehensive about watching The Hateful Eight. When I actually sat down, it was it, I think it was, might have been on Netflix at the time. And I was like, fuck it, let me just watch it. Because I loved fucking Django and Glorious Bastards. Like, the only movie that I didn't love was Jackie Brown. I loved everything. I loved Death Proof. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched Hateful Eight, and I was blown away. I well, was fucking blown away. It just, it, he said that he, like, The Thing was an inspiration for that movie. <laughs> Sure, yeah. And it just, for a movie to be that long and, of course, be very dialogue-driven, I was just fascinated, captivated from, like, the like I'm like, these characters are fucking great. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee was great. Like, all of it. Like, it, I can't say, it's my favorite Tarantino movie besides the, you know, the first, dude, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. And then I've, I, I think that's a legitimate, you know, statement. I, I think it's, I'm a huge fan of um, I, I love everything he does, but I'm a huge fan of the uh, Glorious Bastards as well. So I feel like 
I feel like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, you can't touch. Like, they're always going to be the, the cream of the crop yeah. with his movies. You know, but then I, then I think it's, it's an argument after that. I, I, if someone says Hateful Eight is his third best movie, like, I, I don't have a problem with that. I wouldn't really, you know, I, I think it's, it's, there was a week where I watched that every day. I just, I just kept on, on loop in my apartment because just the dialogue, everything was just music to my ears. I just couldn't get enough of it. It was just, and you just find more and more brilliant stuff in that movie. It's, it's like, it's, like, you, like the beginning of Inglorious Bastards. Like, yeah. that, like, just that dialogue, like, sitting there eating that cake. And they're de- like, it just, it's so, oh, I, it's so tense. Yeah. I think that's, I think that scene is arguably the best thing that he's ever written. Uh, that movie's just, he, he's, he's, he's one of my favorites. Man, my eighth grade yearbook, when they ask you, like, if you could be a famous person, who would you be? I, I put Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, like he, like where, you know, obviously like as a musician, you know, certain people inspired me, but when I first saw Pulp Fiction, it made it made me want to write movies, which obviously I never did because I was probably not good at it. But it made me like Kevin Smith and Tarantino made. I me, love Kevin Smith too, by the way, man. Huge right? Kevin. Like I have all of his uh, when he does his Q and As and stuff. Like I have every one of those. I put them on all the time and just listen to him bullshit in the background. Man, I love him. It just like it was different. Like I, I like mole rats chasing Amy clerks dogma like it made me want to just write and pulp fiction just blew my fucking lid off like when i saw it i'm like i mean reservoir dogs of course but pulp fiction the way it was presented i'm like i don't even know what the fuck is going on but it's perfect that movie changed the game like that changed filmmaking that changed screenwriting everything everybody wanted to be quentin tarantino when that movie came out it changed the landscape of, of the movie industry Especially like the indie world, everybody was trying to be Tarantino. You could always tell, always tell the poor man's Tarantino. <laughs> Even if they're really good, they're just never, they're never him, never him. He's 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 brilliant. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we could keep going, but man, yo, thank you so much for doing it. Um, and we'll talk again soon. I guess you know. Absolutely, my pleasure, guys. Man, have a good night, and thank you again. This was great. Awesome, Thanks, dude. Thank you, man. Take care.